Denver, and I hope you are too. And we will join up again next Friday at 10 a.m. for the morning train here on Mutiny Radio. Until that time, this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone.
and welcome to the weekly review. This is Roman. It is Friday, April 7th, 2017. Thank you so much for listening. Ooh, what a week. Uh, Where to begin? Where to begin? Usually be in the show with a bit of a rant, and there's a lot to rant about. There's the macroaggressions happening in this country and around the world. There's the microaggressions that we experience on a daily basis, and it all comes together, and somehow we manage to push past it if we are able to. The song I opened up the show with is The Wheel by PJ Harvey, which I hadn't heard before and I really enjoyed. I posted a thread uh, this time that was post your favorite anti-war songs, and this was recommended to us by Emmanuel. So thank you, Emmanuel, for suggesting this. There's quite a few. There's a lot. Back in December, posted post your favorite anti-fascist songs, and that list went on and on and on and on. There's a lot of songs out there with that message, and similarly with anti-war messages out there. There's a lot of great songs. So definitely not be able to get to all of them this week or next. We'll do our best to play as many as possible. And to remember that we're not alone. I've yet to meet someone who's really in favor of wars. This idea of aggression, especially this bombing of civilians, hurting of people, it's a waste of resources. It's disgusting. And it's been happening for centuries. And to a degree, one might feel powerless against it, knowing that this has been happening for so long. And the people who are hurt the most are the poor folks, the people who have to go fight the wars, the people who the bombs destroy. And yet this continues to happen, and we have to look at the the past. We have to look at what's happened before. I was thinking about GIs in Vietnam who decided to speak up against it and what they have done. And so there are some some links to I was going to, to talk about a little bit as well. In reading Howard Zinn, The People's History of the United States, as well as some other books as well, we really get this perspective from the stories that we didn't quite hear. And depending on where one went to school, what we heard what wasn't heard. We have a very biased view of of history. And it's crucial that we hear from as many people and many perspectives as possible. And the thing is that folks who are dead don't have a chance to tell their stories. And that's oftentimes when we hear these narratives. We hear the police narratives. We hear murderers' narratives. We don't hear from the people who are the ones most affected. And that's one of the reasons that I continue to do this show is to provide that perspective. The media is complicit. The media is tied in to the powers that be so they can get their point across. A lot of the newspapers as well, even the ones that are thought to be left-wing are in fact not. When folks are struggling to survive, there's not really an opportunity or the resources to, to speak your truth. You can speak it in your daily life with your friends and family. One doesn't necessarily have access to the press or the TV or corporations. So there's a post here. It's a GI opposition to the Vietnam War from 1965 to 1973 by Howard Zinn. And that's at libcom.org. You can find that there. 
And there was another link as well to a documentary that came out in 1990 called Disobeying Orders, GI Resistance to the Vietnam War. And that was put on by, or produced by Grito Productions, and that's G-R-I-T-O productions.com. So when we're looking at resistance, we have to find resistance in all forms, people from the outside the system, people from within the system. And there are folks within the military who have said, I'm not going to do this. And that's what needs to happen. We need to have it on all sides, resistance on all sides from every single person. It can't just be a certain people, certain people who are speaking up. It has to be everybody. And that's the thing. There's a lot of people who have been burning themselves out over the centuries, doing a lot of the work, doing most of the work, while other folks wait for someone else to do it, or maybe people feel like they don't have a say in the matter or that their voices don't count. And everyone's voices count. There's a lot of brainwashing that's happened telling us that we can't make a difference, that we're not important enough, that we have to elect someone to represent us, to make the changes when we can make changes every day in our lives. We have that, we have that power. We're taught that we don't though. And that's what keeps us down. One of the things that does anyway. And there's a struggle, of course. People are struggling to stay afloat, to take care of their families. I think a lot about protests. I think about protests a lot. I have dreams about protests. I did last night, too. My dreams are not that... I won't say that they're not creative. I'll just say that they're not too fantastical because they happen to do with what's happening in the world. So I'm not off in a faraway land universe creation that doesn't make sense. It's more like I'm on Earth. I'm in the United States, occupied United States, and dealing with what's happening so I think about protests, and it, it takes people to set them up, to create the language around it, to organize, and then to invite people and to spread the word. And even if you can't make it, you can tell someone else. There's so many ways to participate, and I wish, I wish that was more well-known and recognized, that even if you can't go, or it might not be your thing, supposedly, you can also invite others to go, you can spread the word, you can share it with your networks. If you don't if you're not quite on board exactly with what's happening, you can also say, yes, and let's add this, or let's maybe change this element. Let's build on this together. Let's create it together. There's a lot of ways we can all build together to make the change that we need. And everyone needs to feel powerful. And that's what's happened, too, when we think about the riots that have happened in the past, when people, people get angry at anarchists and, and, and riots and everything. And it's like, who do you think gave their lives so you can have an eight-hour work day. It, that didn't just happen. People didn't just say, oh, maybe we should be more gentle to the workers. Maybe we should be more kind to people who are being oppressed. People had to demand these rights. People gave up their lives for that. And we're seeing that over and over and over again. And it makes some people feel uncomfortable. And that's perhaps it's a natural part of it. And one has to work with that discomfort and be willing to think about, what am I willing to give up? How am I willing to be uncomfortable for the greater good? Because it, it also really is for the greater good. It is for everybody. It might not feel uncomfortable to you right now, but every action has a reaction. And everyone's lives affect each other's. We don't live in a vacuum where one statement or decision doesn't affect others. That's something that needs to be addressed. This country is very much based in this whole idea of isolationism. And I can't really speak for the whole country. There's a lot of people here. I only know a small percentage. And even with the folks I do know, we don't agree on everything. 
Although I would, I would make a guess that the majority of us do not want war. The majority of us want clean drinking water. We want roads that are paved. We want justice. The majority of us don't want innocent people going to jail. The majority of us think that the drug war is disgusting. The majority of us don't want borders or walls. The majority of us want to be able to walk down the street and feel safe and want our loved ones to feel safe. We want access to medical care and want to work in jobs that actually help people and make us feel good. We want to have time to rest, time to travel, time to be with each other. We want safety, connection, a lot of really basic things that are denied to us because the powers that be don't want us to connect with each other. We want, they want us to rely on the system by buying things to fill the, fill the holes in our lives. The majority of us don't, don't want that or need that. There's a myth that we have a lot of options and maybe we have a lot of options of things that we can buy, not so much an option of ways to be. We think about all of the people who've wanted to live off grid and their places have been raided, people collecting rainwater, for instance, people doing work which doesn't hurt anyone yet it's somehow considered illegal. Substances that are considered illegal, substances that help people, that open one's mind, those are considered illegal yet you can get alcohol pretty much on any corner. What do we have access to in this country? It would be one thing if we could recognize, oh, we have a lot of problems. There's a lot of historical problems that we haven't looked at, which is a whole other issue. It would be one thing if we could recognize that, and some of us do. There, it seems to be this... I, for a long time, I've thought of the behavior of whether it's the government or the military as a whole being this very spoiled, entitled brat who just goes around, beats people up, and doesn't care about the consequences, doesn't care who he hurts. And I, I tend not to see the world in gender, the gender binary, although America has this, I would classify it as <laughs> all the, the worst things about what one could say about masculinity, toxic masculinity, perhaps. And of course, anyone can have masculine qualities and toxic masculinity in this country seems to have a lot of it putting violence first speeding up without slowing down and checking in seems to be a constant thing and it's hard not to enact those behaviors i consider myself i consider myself a lot of things not necessarily a human being and i don't mean that to dehumanize myself it's more that the human race is i sometimes look at it and i'm like i don't think i'm i belong necessarily i don't feel like i quite fit in it's hard not to enact some of these behaviors some of these abusive behaviors violent behaviors if that's what we're seeing represented in the media through other people it's hard not to repeat those behaviors to enact that too and also something else is trust i Initially, I want to trust people. I want to not lock doors. I want to not lock up my bike. I prefer to give people the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to do. Whether it's being hurt or having or seeing my friends be hurt, whether it's state surveillance and having actual, it's actual facts. There's that idea of the saying, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. And I think a lot of us have experienced that. A lot of the people I've had on the program have also experienced that. Surveillance from the state, abuse from the state, gaslighting from the state. 
And what does that do to the way we treat each other and the way we respect each other? Unfortunately, we take on those behaviors in order to, to protect ourselves and our families and to stay safe. And it's, it's disgusting. It's terrible. And I see that in myself sometimes. And it makes me feel really uncomfortable and angry that I tend to go against, maybe it's not what my gut wants. It is against how I see the world. Because I wonder, I do believe people are good. Yet one does need to protect oneself. And there is infiltration. There is an article that came out recently about the NYPD infiltrating Black Lives Matter. And they, they've been doing this, the police, FBI, they've been doing this for a long time. They did this with the Black Panthers. They've done it with many groups that want to cr criticize or even hold the state accountable, even to speak up, even to say, hey, we just want to live safe lives and the state doesn't like that. The state wants to dominate. So what do they do? They infiltrate. They turn people against each other. They spread lies, propaganda, misinformation, and they murder people. So knowing that this is a history and this is still going on, how do we exist beyond that? How can we trust each other while knowing that this is also happening? And there's a history. It's, it's true. It's not paranoia. It is true. This does happen. And it's frustrating as someone who I don't know what words to qualify myself for, my, my actions in the world. I care. I do care about humanity, <laughs> despite what I may have said. I care about animals and the planet. I want everyone to live peaceful lives. And that's, it's not enough, so one has to take action. And in taking action, one also has to be, has, have one's walls up, and that can be also interpersonally with relationships. How do we see each other? How do we listen to each other? How do we respect each other? It goes beyond who we see at organizing meetings. And how we exist in the world. How can we undo these behaviors that the state has encouraged us to continue? And also through schools, too. We talk about this, the school-to-prison pipeline. They're sending police and security guards into schools, so it starts off really young. Children. And the, as far as the demographics go, it's extremely racist, extremely classist with how children are treated in schools. So children from a very young age are then sent off to jail or juvenile hall. It's as if people aren't even given a chance. So we're aware of the, the systemic problems and how do we exist outside them? Now, of course, there's a lot of us who want to burn the whole thing down. Metaphorically speaking, let's say. <laughs> let's protect ourselves and say metaphorically speaking. We want to live outside the system. So then what needs to happen in order to do that? We need to create another way of being. And a lot of folks are doing that. The show is a fucking testament to that. So many people I have met and been referred to while doing this show are doing just that through social justice, through environmental justice, finding other ways to exist and to support one another that is not reliant on a lot of the systems that are in place. So we do create ways to care for each other, like through community. And it's not easy. How, what does accountability look like? That's a big thing. There's this idea that somehow someone is either an aggressor or a victim without looking that oftentimes many people are both. How do we look at that? How do we deal with that? How can we help people instead of just punishing people? How do we actually help people is the, is the question. And how do we heal? I went to this awesome healing and grounding workshop. It was put on by a few folks, uh, Kangs, Casey, and Ashley. Uh, a couple of them called in the show last week and uh, invited 
me and put out the word and it was great. I highly recommend it. And it's, it's events like this that focus on really teaching people coping skills and how to get through things. And a lot of these things are not learned in schools. They're not taught self-reliance and how to t- take care of oneself and how to ground and deal with PTSD and trauma, which is continual and everyone has it. And there's ancestral trauma too. People were born into the world and we already inherit all the trauma that came before us. And then we have to survive in these systems. And then based on the bodies we're born into, there's a whole other set of obstacles that come our way, just based on how we look and how people perceive us. And the playing field is by no means level. And I don't think there's a such thing as a fair fight. Yet all this country wants to do is fight. And I can't necessarily say this country because I don't think when I say that it's the government doesn't speak for us. The military actions do not speak for us. So how do we move beyond that? I have a lot more questions than answers. And I know people have been doing this work for generations. And if the answers were easy, we'd have defeated fascism by now. And it's ongoing and people continue to be murdered locked away, threatened. And the people who put their bodies on the line, they're the ones who are really doing their part. (sighs) So we just continue on and speak up and resist as we're able and encourage others to do the same, all the while trying to exist and be authentic and kind and generous and be the the good people that we can be. And it's not easy. It's not easy when we're afraid. It's not easy when we're threatened. It's not easy when people are scrambling for housing, for health care, when people are in debt, when people are afraid of being torn away from their families. It's not easy when things here seem very, very backwards. Here in San Francisco, the wealth disparity is huge. There's a number thousands of people on the street, thousands of them are children. Yet we have these companies here that make billions of dollars a year. Where, how is there this divide? And it seems overwhelming and it feels really overwhelming. So how do we move beyond that? There's a quote I heard a while ago. I'm into quotes. They seem to sometimes summarize a lot of what we're feeling and can give inspiration. It's a Paulo Coelho quote that a friend of mine, Ryan, shared. When we love, we always strive to become better than we are. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. So I'm thinking about that a lot and how we can do that in a world that continues to tell us that we shouldn't love or that somehow our love is wrong. When there are these fascist fucking assholes in the White House who are the exact opposite of that, who thrive on cruelty and division and harming people and encouraging people to harm each other. How do we continue to to maintain that, to give that love, that self-love and that love for others. How do we make that happen? <sighs> There's a lot of protests coming up. 
There's always protests coming up. <laughs> There's quite a few. The Answer Coalition is one such organization that has posted a few that are happening today. Emergency. Emergency protests. And some folks are calling it to stop the war on Syria. Other folks have suggested that there already isn't a war. Other people say, yeah, there is a war. The United States is pretty much always at war. <laughs> pretty much always has been. So I'll read off the cities right now that today are having these emergency calls to action to say, no, we do not want this. Because one in Vancouver, that's first on the list. So not even in, in the U.S., but they are, they're on board. So British Columbia. At the U.S. consulate, starting at 4 p.m. today, Next, in Davis. And that is at 401 C Street, also starting at, it's starting at 5 p.m. In Los Angeles, at Pershing Square, 5 p.m. Sacramento, at 5th and I Street. San Diego, oh, and that's also starting at 5, that's starting at 5.30 in Sacramento. In San Diego, today at 5 p.m., 880 Front Street. San Francisco, Palin Market, at 5 p.m. Denver, Colorado, at the Colorado State Capitol, today at 5 p.m. And... There's also Washington, D.C., 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I hope there are, there should be millions of people there, to be honest. And I, I talked to a friend recently who said people have been trying to jump over the fence there over the past few weeks, and I haven't heard much about it, and I guess it depends on also the news that we hear. How is that news getting out? Who's doing this? Also, we know, we know how I feel about these things. So that's happening today at 5 p.m. over there, which would be 2 p.m. here in D.C., Palm Beach, Florida. Gather on the grassy area partway across Southern Boulevard Bridge. Bingham, Bingham Island. Alternative location, if that area is inaccessible. Meet as close to the bridge as possible on South Flagier Drive. And that's at 6.30 p.m. today in Palm Beach, Florida. Next is Sarasota, Florida. 5 p.m. And let's move down the list here. Okay. Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. See, this is... I, I read these as if it's the back of a concert t-shirt. They have, like, the different tour dates. I think it's just the more places, the better. All right, so we got Baltimore, Maryland at McKeldin Square, and that's at 8 p.m. tonight. Chicago, Illinois, Trump Tower, 401 North Wabash Avenue. That's at 5 p.m. Columbia, Maryland, Broadway in Providence, 4.30 p.m. Kansas City, Missouri at 2 Memorial Drive, 5 o'clock p.m., we have Asheville, North Carolina, 151 Patton Avenue, and that's at 6 p.m. Moving along, Alamogordo, New Mexico. That's at North White Sands Boulevard and East 10th Street, and that's at 5 p.m. Albuquerque, New Mexico, at the UNM Bookstore, 2301 Central Avenue, Northeast, 5 p.m. Santa Fe, New Mexico, the corner of Cerritos, Cerrillos and St. Francis. That's, that's at noon. That's happening now. New York, Trump Tower, 725 Fifth Avenue. That's at 5 p.m. Philadelphia, PA, City Hall, West Side. 1401 JFK Boulevard, and that's happening at 4.30 p.m. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 4100 Forbes Avenue, 6 p.m. Austin, Texas. The Bank of America, boo, fuck that bank. 515 Congress Avenue. That's at 6 p.m. Dallas, Texas, 1014 Main Street. That's at noon. There's another one in Dallas. Dealey Plaza, 400 Main Street. Wow, good for you, Dallas. And that one's happening at 6 p.m. 
Houston, Texas, Westheimer and Post Oak Boulevard, 5 p.m. San Antonio, Texas, North Walter Street, 5 p.m. Seattle, Washington, Broadway and Pine, 5 p.m. We have a call. Is it going to be the war criminals saying, we're sorry that we're war criminals? Let's find out. Hello. Thank you for calling the Weekly Review. Hi. Hey, uh, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Hi, Diamond Dave here. How are you? Hi, Dave. Good. How are hey, you? I'm home. I'm, I'm really sick. I'm not going to be able to come in today, all right? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let uh, I talked to Val, but I want to tell you, you too, okay? All right, Dave. Feel better. So Val is going to be coming in. She's doing Women's Magazine. Right on. And then uh, and then, uh, then she's going to stay for a little while, but hopefully no one show up. Uh, um, yeah, wait, she'll be coming in at two, all right? All right, sounds good. Okay, Thanks, yeah, this Dave. is the first time I missed it, but I'm really not well. All right, well, we'll feel better. We'll be thinking of you. Okay, thank you. Do that. Sure. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Sure thing. All right, bye. Oh, sending some good vibes out there to Diamond Dave. Please feel better. Diamond Dave is one of the co-hosts of my, uh, Common Thread Collective every Friday here at Mutiny Radio from 3 to 6 p.m., <sighs> sending some good energy out there to everyone in the world who needs healing, every single person. So there's a few more places where folks are gathering today against the war, proposed war, whatever you want to call it, aggressive actions that are terrible for humanity. Seattle, Washington, Broadway and Pine, 5 p.m. Vancouver, Washington at 1009 East McLaughlin Boulevard, 5 p.m. Morgantown, West Virginia, 1550 University Avenue at 5 p.m. New Haven, Connecticut, Church Street and Chapel Street, 4 o'clock p.m. The list keeps going. This is great. I could just read these all day. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 299 East Broward Boulevard, 4 p.m. Savannah, Georgia, Foresight Park Fountain, 1 p.m. Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa State Capitol, which is at 1007 East Grand Avenue, 2 p.m. Boston, Mass., Park Street, 1 p.m. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Hiawatha and Lake Street at 3 p.m. Another Vancouver, Washington, 605 Easter... Easter... Six, see, fucking Christian supremacy gets in my mind, even though I don't celebrate it. 605 Esther Street, 5 p.m. Detroit, Michigan, Campus Martius, Mar- Martius Park, 800 Woodward Avenue, 5 p.m. Another Austin, Texas, Austin City Hall, 301 West 2nd Street at noon. And Salt Lake City, 125 South State Street at 4 p.m. Excellent. So those are 40 locations. And these are just the ones listed. If you, don't, if you didn't hear one in your city, start one. And all of these, if you go to theanswercoalition.org, they also have a Facebook invite for these as well as more information. So again, if you don't see your city on here, start your own. Start your own protest, invite people, get the word out. It's really important for visibility and for us to see each other and to recognize that we are not alone. It's 1233. We will be joined by two guests coming in at 1 p.m. Very much looking forward to having this conversation. I was on a panel two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Time flies when there's fascists around and you're trying to survive. Ugh. Um, and it was a pretty awesome panel it was about trans identity and gender identity and all these things in Redwood City. And so I got the pleasure of meeting these two lovely people, and that's uh, Greta Gustava Martella and Nina Chabal. And they're the co-founders of Trans Lifeline. Trans Lifeline is a fucking awesome creation, and it's free help 
for trans folks who are experiencing depression, suicidality, anxiety, all of the above. And the thing about this organization is that it's run by trans folks for trans folks, which is super important because if you do identify as trans, we all have had that experience of talking about what we're going through and even well-meaning cis people sometimes just don't get it. And it's really important to have folks who have experienced it, who really understand what, what people are going through. So it's just a really awesome organization. They also rely solely on donations. Uh, so I'll give the, the phone number that folks can call uh, if you know of someone in crisis who needs to talk. It's 877-565-8860. Again, that's 877-565-8860. They have a page on Facebook, Trans Lifeline, and they're at Trans Lifeline as well. Um, translifeline.org. They are just a great organization, so very much looking forward to talking to these folks. And this is, again, another way, how do we survive a system that wants us dead? A survive a system that doesn't want us to survive and thrive. We create alternatives. We create systems to help each other. We, we get the word out. We connect with one another. We make sacrifices. And we do it only so we can really survive in this world. Uh, here's another song that was suggested. We'll be playing this, and we'll be back with some more news in a little bit. Self-medicate, the cycle thread bare boats. And what will we do, Orlis, for employment? Can killers just go out and land a job? In peacetime when we get an itch for plunder. What warrant do we have to loot and rob? Glamour 
weekly review that was twilight of the idol with if peace breaks out how many sides now here comes another song that was highly requested
welcome back to Weekly Review. That was Edwin Starr with War. And there's a there's another cover of that by a cover by uh, Springsteen that we'll be playing at some point, probably next week or so. Really awesome. So again, thanks to all the folks for recommending these these songs. Uh, just really good. It's yeah, again, crucial to remember that we're not alone in this. And it's also just to have this other side of it too. There's a lot of anger and frustration. And when you have this art and this other expression of what we're trying to get out, I think that's really helpful. So it changes the mood a little bit, changes the spirit a little bit, and we can feel a little bit more uplifting. Went up to UC Davis uh, this week with a couple of folks trying to get some students up there to organize and self-organize. And there's a lot of folks who are on board. And again, there are, it's, it's interesting to see where does one find one's strength in organizing. There are so many different ways one can help, whether it's holding a sign, creating art, speaking, public speaking, organizing events, finding resources. Uh, one thing I like to do is just to make connections. So for instance, there's a lot of student groups up there. And one, I mean, this entire administration is so corrupt and so terrible and so against so many things that are near and dear to one's heart. It's not hard to make connections. So if it's an environmental justice group or a food justice group, they or any group based on marginalized identities this administration is against against all of those so we we see where the enemy is we really do it's it's coming from above and we all need to to come together and to to take to take aim at that there's as i mentioned there's the worldwide crises that are happening. There's minor crises that are happening. There are things that have happened in the past that have not yet been resolved, and I'll be talking about that as well. One theme of the show that we visit quite often is uh, police brutality and violence committed by law enforcement that has been happening for centuries. It continues to happen. Officers are not held accountable. Officers cover up for one another. It continues to happen, and it's disgusting, and it needs to end. One of the guests we had on the program um, was through Open Circle, which is an organization that is a resource for people who have lost loved ones to police violence. They meet on Sundays. And uh, so one person who came in is Gilda Baker, and she's incredible. And she spoke about the, the death of her son, Diallo. So there's a, a, call to, a national call to action that folks can participate in. If you go to our Facebook page, I've uploaded the link there, and that's facebook.com slash weeklyrev. And this was shared on S'more, S-M-O-R. We demand answers. D.L. O'Neill was a son, brother, partner, and father. He was a patriarch of his family, and he was senselessly killed. On October 10th, 2005, one day before Diallo would have turned 34, he was killed when a CHP motorcycle officer struck his motorcycle, sending him plunging into a concrete bus stop bench. After finding out that several eyewitness accounts and investigation documents did not match the official police report, Gilda Baker, Diallo's mother, set out to uncover the real circumstances surrounding her son's death. Since then, Gilda has uncovered a long trail of lies, conspiracies, and cover-ups. This national call to action is a vital step in getting justice for Diallo and his family. We ask that you make the commitment to take action on April 22, 2017. All you have to do is RSVP so we can send you a reminder and follow the instructions below. It will take less than five minutes, and the results of your action will last for an eternity. So they have the, 
the link here. So again, if you go to our Facebook page, we have shared that link. It's Justice for Diallo Neal. That's D-I-A-L-L-O. Last name is N-E-A-L. So please do sign on and share with your networks. Um, we need to stand together. And last year, police murdered over 1,000 people. And these are just the reported murders. So it's not it's not just a few bad apples. It's not just a few circ bad circumstances. This is a continuing problem. It's a systemic problem, and it needs to be addressed. And the more people speak up about this, the better. So I wanted to, wanted to put that out there. And also with this current administration wanting to give <sighs> law enforcement even more authority and power than they already do, they already have too much. They're already not held accountable. So it's really crucial that people stand up now and, and hold them accountable. We also see that in the courts, people don't get a don't get a fair trial. There have been a number of events that have happened here in San Francisco. The SFPD they've been murdering people, and people think of San Francisco as a liberal city when, in fact, there's a lot of things here can be just as corrupt and heinous as in in other cities as well. So that needs to be called out. And also, we're on uh, we're on a lonely land, and that needs to be recognized as well. It's the colonization didn't just stop. <sighs> Moving along to some more local news. There's some other things I, I may or may not <laughs> get to. There's an article that was posted recently about Hillary Clinton's support of bombing of Syria. And for a lot of us who are neither fans of 45 nor Hillary Clinton, this was, uh, this was the thing. It was, we don't want someone in office who supports war. It wasn't so much, oh, the emails thing. That was what some folks would say. And yes, granted, there was a lot of misogyny. There absolutely was, and that's disgusting. There is also those of us who personally, it's about the issues. It's about what someone represents and about what, what someone does. And I would love it. I mean, of course, I, I always say I'd love it if we didn't have, we didn't have to have leaders, if we are, are self-governed. If we do have leaders, of course, I'd prefer the majority to be women. Who wouldn't? Well, I think some people would. Women, I mean, won't get into it. And again, this goes back into the whole idea of binary, which I don't necessarily subscribe to. Although when we look at the, the cis men in charge who have been doing things as they've been doing it, white cis men in charge, it's led to a lot of problems and a lot of wars. <sighs> Having a, a woman dropping bombs doesn't make it any better. Having a, a black man drop bombs doesn't make it any better. It doesn't matter the identity of the person if the behavior is reprehensible. And that's what we really want to get to. And that's why a lot of us were not in support of Hillary Clinton. And just because we weren't in support of Hillary Clinton doesn't mean we were by any means support of 45. 45 is a fucking fascist. All the people on his team are fascists. There's no, no denying that. One can, one can not be a fan of either. That's, that's fair to say. I feel like only, only in the States can people... Uh, there was a lot of people who were dismissive of folks who would criticize Hillary Clinton and not for, you know, people who were, would criticize her policies. And it's a, it's a, she's a war profiteer. She believes in war, has supported wars, and has gone on record as saying so. It hasn't changed. So only in the States can you be shamed for not wanting to support someone like that. I'm sure this happened in other places too. I shouldn't say that. Only in the U.S. <laughs> I'm sure it happens other places too. Anyway, we have a positive news story. How about that? Oakland grassroots groups unite to purchase 23rd Avenue building. And I know quite a few folks who work in this environment and that's awesome. 
Uh, there's a few nonprofits that are here, and I'll, I'll read these uh, right now. This came out yesterday, April 6, 2017, and this was from KQED, written by uh, Nastia Voinovskaya. A building on the corner of 23rd Avenue and International Boulevard has long been a stronghold of grassroots activism in East Oakland. Its tenants include the bikery, the the brick and mortar bike shop of the nonprofit Cycles of Change, Sustaining Ourselves Locally, SOL, an organization that teaches gardening skills and offers a low cost event space, Liberating Ourselves Locally, LOL, a maker lab that offers equipment like industrial sewing machines and 3D printers on a donation basis, Shaolin Life, a martial arts studio, and Peacock Rebellion, an arts nonprofit that offers performance workshops to trans people of color. A lot of grassroots groups, a lot of grassroots group organizing is happening on this block, says Debbie Peacock, the founder of Peacock Rebellion, adding that the tenants regularly collaborate on projects. Peacock Rebellion, for instance, hosts its performance workshops inside LOL, and the young people who come to fix their bikes at Cycles of Change are also welcome to hang out in SOL's community garden. The oldest of these organizations, Cycles of Change, has been a tenant in the building since 1998 and SOL since 2003. SOL's event space hosts meetings and events for organizations such as support groups for sex trafficking survivors and young women migrants from Central and South America. On the second and third floor of the building are eight low-cost residential apartments. There's definitely folks, individuals, who are overlapping in the spaces, like me, says Ari Ora, one of the tenants leading the efforts to purchase the building. I work for Cycles of Change and, and live here. There's other folks at Cycles who do a lot of projects in the building and on the block. The landlord of the 23rd Avenue building, Ming Chung, wants to sell the 10,784-square-foot building and its adjacent 5,000-square-foot community garden, which the Alameda County uh, Assessor's office values at $974,025 and $216,405, respectively. But according to Peacock, Chung supports these organizations' missions so much that she gave them the right of first refusal, meaning that if the tenants can raise funds for a $75,000 down payment by May 1st, Chung won't put the building on the market. The tenants are currently working towards this goal uh, with uh, via a crowdfunding campaign. They are also pursuing loans and working with the Oakland Community Land Trust, a nonprofit that holds land in trust for the benefit of low-income residents to come up with additional funding. National California Community Loan Fund and several other economic justice nonprofits are also providing consulting services. We met with her and her broker, and it took a minute for her broker to get it, says Peacock. He was like, you could charge a lot more for this. And she was like, no, no, I want you all to have this. But Peacock adds, we have to put in an offer letter by May 1st, or else that's it. While the tenants are still negotiating with Chung, Peacock says her asking price will most likely be somewhere around, oh gosh, 1.75 million, which is close to market rate. Similarly sized multifamily buildings in Oakland are going for 1.5 to 1.7 million dollars according to listings on the real estate website LoopNet. And according to Steve King, the executive director of Oakland Community Land Trust, it's unclear how much the undeveloped community garden could add to the property's value. Values in the current market are, current, are incredibly problematic, as I'm sure you can imagine, he wrote in an email. 
Often multifamily properties are specifically marketed with the recognition that the only way to realize their market value is to reposition the property, which is generally code for evicting all the tenants and bringing in higher paying renters. Peacock and Aura say they've fielded accusations from skeptics who think they might be trying to flip the property themselves. Bigger nonprofits think of purchasing property as an asset, said Peacock. But for us, what it actually means to be an asset is to stay here in the community and be invested in the actual neighbors who have been there for a long time. The tenants' collective efforts to buy the building could become a model for low-income people and grassroots groups fighting displacement. Currently, the commercial tenants and the residents of the eight upstairs apartments are working together to come up with a plan for a collective ownership model that will likely entail creating separate co-ops for residential and commercial tenants. King says that Oakland Community Land Trust is still calculating how much they will put toward the project. All the financing is still coming together, so that's a moving target, he says. It's a real community effort to, to finance the whole thing. He adds that it's an unprecedented in Oakland for a group of residential and commercial tenants to come together to purchase a building. With Google leasing commercial space in the Fruitvale Transit Village for their Code Next Academy, a coding school that serves lower-income youth, the 23rd Avenue tenants fear that other tech companies might soon take interest in the neighborhood. Peacock also expressed concerns about AC, Transit, AC Transit's bus rapid transit plan, which will create a bus-only lane down International Boulevard intended to make public transit more efficient. They say they fear it could attract more developer interest to the area. Oakland City Council member Neil Gallo, whose district includes Fruitvale and the lower San Antonio, has been supportive of the tenant's mission. He said in a phone interview that his office has been meeting with Oakland's Economic Development Department to help the current tenants secure loans and work with the owner to ensure a collaboration with the Oakland Community Land Trust. We have a housing shortage in the city of Oakland, and what's exciting is we have residents who are interested in taking ownership of the places they live in, he says. I'm excited that the community would take interest in securing this facility that does, that does need some improvements, but at the same time, they want to live there and make it the place to raise their children. Hopefully we can grow the housing supply and keep our young people in Oakland. So that is awesome. And I'm going to share this page right now so folks can donate. I have been to Peacock Rebellion and know several folks who, who work there. The, and the garden in the back is just fucking awesome. And we really need to hold on to places like this. So I can't, I don't necessarily add uh, too much information about what's already been shared here. Uh, for my own opinion, just that. I really want to encourage folks to assist if you're able. And right now you can go to the uh, Facebook page, which is, again is facebook.com slash weekly rev. And I'll be sharing that article there and you can link, it will link to the GoFundMe page. So folks can also donate, share, spread the word. There's a lot of ways one can help. And also if you're in a, a similar situation, think about what we can do collaboratively, collectively to create the space that we want to live in and to hold on to it for the communities that have been there for a long time. Groovy. Uh, yep, I did say groovy. I'm going to play a clip from Disobeying Orders, GI Resistance to the Vietnam War, and uh, then play, maybe perhaps play some music, and then we'll have some guests in in a little bit. So stay tuned. And that actually won't be happening. <laughs> Technical issues. So we'll be playing a, a song here. 
And this one was uh, recommended by Rosa. And this is another song I hadn't heard before. So um, yeah, really grateful to hear some new music and songs I hadn't heard. And also we're trying to span the different generations here. There's anti-music, anti-anti-music, anti-war music from all generations. And this is uh, Bamboo. The song is called America. And this came out in 2011. So thank you, Rosa Days, for this one. And it'll be playing in, in just a moment. Uh, stay tuned. And you're listening to Mutiny Radio here from the Mission District. American flags went away the day the Navy passed over my dad. And when that judge said, Young man, it's a serious charge, I suggest you do the military thing. I was gone. Six years to a corps that sent a boy in the war. And the more I studied up, I couldn't do it no more. So can't nobody tell me shit about my politics. I can bet that most true tea baggers never been through what I did. I live through Kosovo and out in Yemen, we kick hella doors in civilian villages. While in prison, my boys would keep going. Neighborhood kept rolling, got news. Or more peewees I knew Getting smoked and I spoke of being in it To defend my country But my country kept taking all my homeboys from me So... Come home hearing all of this news Another brother from high school having his body viewed And slowly I knew no matter how many men I salute I can't even pay respects to all the people in my hood No matter how many I shoot For God and country The people who done raised me Remain hungry Money, money for schooling But moving combat units Took precedence over any college unit I'm foolish to think That being a killer for good old Uncle Sam Would translate to a pig treating me like a man But nah, here I am getting treated the same License and registration, what gang you claim? I claim the all-powerful USA And we can shoot if they fit a certain frame All the same, the day came Try and get me to re-enlist, throwing money and shit Man, fuck that shit to do now fans hit me on my facebook talking about they finna join because they options look slim but when i'm supposed to tell them if i ain't joined the service what my life would have been would i have been inside that car that took those bullets where Rand was would i have been at the pool hall when they shot that shit up 
Cause all I did was replace the gang with a bigger gang Junior year of high school, military recruiters came But I ain't never seen a single college advisor Never knew that grants and scholarships were provided Never knew that I could have applied for a life That didn't provide rifles to take another man life But I did it, parts of me do regret it America gotta go, you can keep the pension Funny accent to American ears Money back in to American fears So money tapped in to American ears Got the news screaming terrorists everywhere And it's apparent Various legislation is making it impossible To level up the nation's basic dilemmas So why let us out of five bellas Right into your prison Shut up, got it Let me come the Philippine accent Shorts and a t-shirt, Philippine fashion Bottom of the education system List them, from the very bottom is the children Living in the 808 and the 504 Poor, so they signing up for a war Tour in the Afghan, all they understand Face down, let me see your hands So, me no speak Americano Pero sana ginagastos niño Money and funnel right back Tax, cigarette tax, gas Hey yo! Cut that shit off, man! What the fuck?
and welcome back to the weekly review that was neil young everyone's favorite canadian well probably not everyone's favorite canadian but he's a canadian that was songs called shock and awe and so our guests are coming in a little bit late um due to traffic i blame the automobile industry for everything uh so they'll be here momentarily so please do stay tuned and in the meantime we are joined here by azalia who's been on the show before thanks for coming back hey hey thank you yeah so what's what's new with you what would you care to share with our listeners oh man you know life yeah city living yeah Ah, i got a good story guys yeah (laughs) so i was on muni the other day um and this delves into more important issues of education music art and schools and essentially taking care of our kids um, I was on Muni, and a bunch of kids were picking on a homeless man for smelling, which happens all the time. I mean, smelly homeless people, not them necessarily getting picked on. Usually people just ignore them, which is another issue also. These kids were just picking on him ruthlessly, and I couldn't just sit by and let it happen. So I said something. I told them, unless you're going to get him a shower, you should just leave him alone. And then they all attacked me on Muni, uh, right on like 7th and Market, Luckily, there's cops everywhere. Um, Hmm. But in in the end, you see kids like getting arrested. They're probably like 16 years old. And all this started because I was backing up a homeless man. Um, And it's interesting, like, you know, uh, you're saying you're talking about how it's hard to stay kind and honest in a world where you get attacked for being kind. And so that literally just happened to me. I was trying to help someone that happened. Then it's obviously a bigger issue. Uh, These kids have issues if that's what they choose to do with their free time is pick on people less fortunate than them. But... um, uh, just made me feel bad also seeing them get put in handcuffs and they're yeah. like 15, 16 and they're just going to be part of the system now. There's no hope. I really wanted to just ask the cops, can you just put him in therapy or something? Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if we had uh, therapy? Uh, yeah. Therapy, therapy, not enfor- enforcement. That word's like pretty oh, yeah, intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> However, if there are folks going around mm-hmm. asking people if they needed to talk yeah, instead yeah. of punishing people. Yeah, instead of putting them in handcuffs, going, what can I do or for you? giving people citations. There's a, there's a, 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 I believe it was like an elder a homeless elder who was eating a slice of pizza at a bus shelter. Did you hear about this? No. And he got a citation from the police. What? And so I think today there's a lot of other protests we were discussing also. I think Luis Gongora, there was a protest for him, another person who was murdered by the police. Yeah. Today there was also like this eat pizza at a Muni bus bus shelter in solidarity protest planned for today as well. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, wait, pizza? What is this? I need to delve into that. So I guess eating pizza by a Muni bus shelter is a problem. Yeah, that's I guess if you're a certain demographic, we should say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what, uh, that's actually what got me even more upset after getting attacked. Obviously, my adrenaline was pumping. The cops took me to the police station and just being surrounded by cops and their way of just being around them, just, there was no way I was going to be able to calm down. Mm -hmm. Having cops tell you to calm down after you were just attacked by a bunch of people, you know, asking you like, hey, can you fill this out for me? And I was like, dude, I was just punched in the head like a hundred times. I could barely see straight. Can you like take me to hospital where people are like trained? to care about people's well-being mm-hmm. and i 
But then the moment you pull out a camera, the cop's uh, just energy completely changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, once a cop is on film... Oh, yeah. His, their demeanor went from, oh, uh, one cop I told... Uh, I, I, I probably cussed at him, and he's like, you need to respect me. And I said, sir, Ew. I will respect you when you give me respect. And he said, no, you will respect Ew. me. And I pulled Ew. out my phone, and I was like, oh, is that the law? Do I have to... And then he like got all quiet and demure, and I was like, wow... There are some fucking issues in this in the police system. Yeah, and just uh. it reminds me of when Cartman dressed up as a police officer on South Park. Like respect my authority. Yeah, essentially, it's like a grown up. I, I see some of these police mm. officers as just grown up Cartmans. They are. It's, yeah, exactly. They just oh my god, their parents didn't raise them correctly. They got some fucking psychological issues. They're all on power trips. Yep. The moment they put that uniform on, ugh, ugh. Ugh, I know. I was like, you need to get me the fuck out of this police station. Take me to a hospital because yeah. I hate. I kept saying I was on the phone with my mom. She was like, you need to calm down. I was like, but I fucking hate cops. Yeah. I'd rather be in the tenderloin with all those angry people instead of in a police station. Sure, sure. uh, Oh, man. It's intense. Yeah, (laughs) sounds like it. Yeah, man. Yeah, but... Yeah, I like I was saying, you know, they should like have mandated therapy if you've been, you know, involved in violent crimes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's obviously a deep-rooted issue if that's your way of expressing yourself. Or if you're repeating behavior Mm. that was done to you. Yeah, exactly. And also holding people accountable. Like, going to prison doesn't really help anybody. Nope. Makes it worse. Yeah. (laughs) Then their anger is just put onto somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, then the prison guards are... Ugh, ugh. Yeah, they're, anyway, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Glad I've never been a prison. I'm sure prison guards are like cops, but a million mm. times worse. Mm. <laughs> well, there's people that are not there to videotape them. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, it's oh God. I've heard stories. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's oh, so bad. I mean, <sighs> yeah. So, so what's good? Mm, what's good? Well, remember that school? I've seen it all over. Uh, school, like they got rid of detention and said detention. They have meditation. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, it's, come on, can we apply that to like society? Yeah, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Meditation is so helpful. Oh my god. The days when I, not necessarily remember, but make my make myself. Mm-hmm. I have to be careful with the language one uses. Yes. When I do meditate, I always feel better. Mm-hmm. Or I feel less worse, I should say. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's more like, oh, mm-hmm. I can just think about things and try to put things in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Instead. In my mind. We live in a very chaotic world, so so I, I liked your place, too. It was very simple. Oh, and, sure. And just not, no no distractions. I see why it's it's almost impossible for me to meditate just walking through the city and then trying to meditate in my little apartment and mm. it's like i can't meditate i just saw so many things yeah and definitely it's nice have a nice calm place to just to be release yeah, yeah everyone should have access to that there's yes. a speaking of which there's this place on valencia i forget the name of it it's maybe it's the pirate store mm-hmm. that's probably not the name of it but it's a pirate store oh, nice. <laughs> a pirate <laughs> it's on valencia maybe around 14th 13th 14th ish no 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 opposite direction oh. Tw- 19th 18th mm-hmm. and if you go in to the right there's a uh, small room with two two or four maybe four theater seats and there's a an aquarium and i get that like animal rights folks are like ew it's like fish jail i get that i appreciate that oh in the meantime i don't know how to liberate these fish just yet in the meantime one can go in there if you're having a rough time and just sit there and watch these fish and like after a while it does become very meditative because it's like it's there's not a lot of light in the room so you're just able to focus on the fish yeah and there's like they're like tropical fish and it's really nice beautiful so it's a nice nice little secret spot not so secret anymore i know 
No, you're like, no, everybody knows. All the millions of listeners <laughs> across the country, around the world. <laughs> well, I've heard that they, the tourism in the U.S. has gone down since 45 has been president because no one wants to come here because they're terrified of everything. Absolutely. So perhaps so. we can try to bring it back by Come back to this folks. little corner. <laughs> yeah, so you can see the, the fish in the pirate store. Yes, and get some bomb tacos down the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a nice spot. Uh, yes, fish know what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. just constantly meditating. And then they forget because their memories are really short. Yes. So if they've had a traumatic experience, then it's like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I was almost eaten I'm by hungry. a shark. I'm yeah. hungry. I was captured from my ocean. Yes. Oh, well, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Wow, there's coral. <laughs> wow, there's coral. <laughs> oh, Dory. <laughs> I remember years ago, um, I had a, we had a, uh, like, what are they, the red-nosed turtles, um, and well, my dad would always freak us out. We'd, He'd pick us up from school, my sister and I, and we'd be like, what's for dinner? He'd be like, turtle soup. Uh-huh. And we'd go, Dad, no! And my mom would be like, stop messing with them. But they eat goldfish, and so we'd like oh. buy goldfish oh. for them, which is like really brutal, like seeing how these adorable little turtles are just savages and they'd like eat half the fish and like yeah sorry 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 (laughs) but i remember like i was like mom can we put them on another diet like it's pretty gross seeing like bodies in the water and she's like oh they're they don't i was like mom they have nervous systems and i was like 13 and my mom always tells stories she's like i had no idea they had nervous systems and i was like yeah they feel mom they feel like don't look in their eye don't look in their eye wow yeah I don't know though. I mean, is that human? I know, like some people put their animals on like vegetarian diets mm-hmm. and all that, but you know, some animals they kind of need their protein. Sure, like give them avocado. I don't know. I like avocados. I, I think avocado's bad for dogs. Okay. I don't know. I've never fed a dog an avocado. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't know. That might be why. Chocolate, I know, is not okay for dogs. I haven't heard about avocados. That's good to know. Yeah, there's some weird fruit that you're like, don't give them that. Hmm. I'm going to have to Google that later. Yeah. (laughs) That's good to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know a few babies and their first food was an avocado. Mm -hmm. At least one baby. Yeah. Avocado's the best. Mm Mm-hmm. So good for you and soft. Yeah, <laughs> and aesthetically pleasing. I think oh. the just the the color is really yeah. nice. And how you have to open it, you have to know. I saw someone try to cut an avocado. They did not know how to cut an avocado. <laughs> it's like you need more you Latin friends. A couple, like just two choices. I mean, you just you cut down that the middle. They, they went did down, they went down the other side? They went down the middle into the like seed, and they were like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Well, they didn't ever had an avocado." Well, it was the first time for everything. Exactly. They learned. They learned. I'm wanting to be more open in in my older years yes. and accepting of people who who don't know who don't much. know yeah no absolutely like i went to um i went to like culinary i did like culinary program for six months so you learn a lot just you know working with a chef mm. basics oh neat and it's awesome like things like that you're like you think it's common sense it's i mean unless you have family that cooks a lot or went to school you're probably not going to know all these crazy fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and i think avocado i mean california we have avoc- it's, it's like our thing right yeah uh, it's our um, thing <laughs> avocados yeah <laughs> not bad 
Not we should bad we should change the state flag to a, from a bear to an avocado. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Val Val is here and Val approves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it seems so much more peaceful. As yeah. much as I love the California bear. Yeah, and it's a nice flag too, yeah, as far is. as flags go. I know, I got it right there. <laughs> oh, you have a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, my bear. We're California bears. <laughs> nice. I wonder if UC Berkeley would also change their mascot. I know they should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the football team would get much respect. Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, how was your day? So far, it's been great. Awesome. I uh, made a good smoothie this morning. It's Delicious. like not that important, but <laughs> experimenting with new flavors. I got a lovely gift from a friend of mine. Sent me a really nice crystal. Uh, my friend uh, Melissa, who called into the show a few weeks ago, and yes. is a Reiki practitioner and works with vets and is a super awesome person. Oh heck yes! Um, so I'm I'm into crystals. That's one of my. I saw your my, shrine. Yeah. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah, it's like Ooh, like Ooh. I'm gonna take it. It's rainbows in yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a rainbow course, I believe. Yeah. Um, oh. not sure of the exact that might be incorrect i don't want to misinform any listeners yeah, sorry don't quote me. Uh, yeah don't quote me on that um yeah so yeah take a look so Ooh, energy yeah it's nice it's oh, epic yeah oh, so that was a really nice surprise when i see things like this i'm like how can you not believe in evolution <laughs> do you see this yeah, yeah. so yeah so the day's been good I had a nice walk over here i didn't i usually bike and then since it's raining and then i also had this procedure mm-hmm. done yes. last week i'm always reluctant to talk too much about my personal life on the show i feel but. like if folks want to know i can talk to them in person and not that mm. the nsa is listening to the show although if they were that would be interesting yeah right you hear that? Don't, you know, <laughs> first of all, stop, listen, but don't listen. I don't know what to yeah. say. <laughs> like, listen really, to the show. Listen, but listen with your mind. <laughs> yeah, listen with your hearts. Yes. Um, not to our cell phones, not through our computers, mm-hmm. not in our meetings. Yes. Listen. Open your mind. Yeah, look at the greater, the, the broader ideas about people wanting to feel safe in the world and how everyone wants that. Yep, exactly. That's all we want. I just want people to be nice. Yeah, totally. It's way more complicated than that, but that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's hard to be nice when you're under pressure all the time and when you're facing state mm-hmm. suppression, oh. repression. Repression. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the right word. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I opened up the show talking about that, how to be... Mm wanting to be one's best self and one's higher self and then when there's threats like there's like there's fear mongering which i think the media does a lot of and politicians do and then there's actual fear yeah absolutely so well you have to just accept that that's what they're doing yeah know that they're not out there for your your like for your greater good yes they're there to keep you down go well, I'm not going to listen to that because yep. they're not there for me. Yes. I think it's also a lot of lack of confidence in just with people. Oh, yeah. Just, you have to be confident and have pride in who you are. Yeah. That's why in the schools, <laughs> teach yeah. kids to be proud of who they are. And listen to your gut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if your gut says something's a little bit off, and that, that happens to me, I get a little bit paranoid sometimes. And then I mentioned earlier also, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. I mean, there's a couple of times I've met people. And I'm like, are you a cop? Are you a narc? Yeah. And sometimes people get offended, sometimes not. Yeah. Although, especially at a protest. And I'm like, yeah. Like, well, they're carrying the sign, so maybe they're like really. Yeah, super like, undercover. Yeah, there was, there was this great protest on uh, New Year's Eve, and we went down to the ferry building, and it was awesome, and it was like very much like an anti. 45 protest and this guy came up and he was like really enthusiastic Mm. and I was still very much like oh you want to know about our organization well I'm like well you can go to this website 
and do your research. I, I'll tell you my first name. You know, and it's like it's oh. like one wants to invite people on board, and then also you not tell. Be, you have to be careful. Absolutely, because yeah, you're like this is the real world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then given the history too, when yeah, people well, have been. Yeah, well, and you definitely feel it right away. Mm-hmm. I, well, personally, I, I definitely go with my instincts. I'm like, this guy seems a little sketchy. I'm yeah. just gonna walk away. Yeah, and then know? I also wonder what people think about me too. Like sometimes if yeah. I'm in a bad mood, I might rub someone the wrong way yeah. too. So that's it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's a tough balance. Yes. There's a couple of stories I wanted to just uh, announce. First is the Kentucky Coal Museum has installed solar panels to save on electricity bills. (laughs) 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 That's great. (laughs) So there's, that's one thing. Oh, irony. (laughs) There's another story here from the actionnetwork.org, and it's a way to protect your immigrant neighbors in New York City from 45. Yes. So I'll read out a few phone numbers. I do have some listeners in the New York City area. Please. And so you can call your borough's DA. I won't tell you what to call them. Wah, wah. <laughs> in Manhattan, it's uh, Cyrus Vance, and the number is... Uh, I'm wearing my contacts today. Oh, I and know. I was like, where'd your glasses go? Where'd they go? I've got, I've got some like reading glasses that are not on my face at the moment. I'm doing mostly talking, not reading today. Yes. So if you go to the, the website, you can see that actionnetwork.org. Uh, Cyrus Vance, 614... 656-1525. In the Bronx, it's Darcel D. Clark, 205-490-2655. Queens, Richard Brown, 513-729-6020. In Brooklyn, Eric Gonzalez, 337-660-2661. And Staten Island, Michael McMahon, 210-852-2542. Rewind this program so you can hear the numbers again. Uh, you will likely be connected to a voicemail message or be told that the person who picked up your call will deliver the message to your district attorney. When you leave a message, say something like this, but don't be afraid to personalize, they always say on these forms. Yes. Hi, my name is... Ah, my, you don't have to sing Eminem. Probably it's better if you don't. You'll yeah. have to take it Hi, more seriously is... if you don't. <laughs> Hi, my name is Slim Shady. Your office represents the people of the state of New York in the borough of blank, fill in your borough. And I'm calling as one of your constituents with 40... You can say 45's name. I prefer not to. Yeah. With his latest executive order, all non-citizen New Yorkers faced threats of deportation just by being charged with a crime. I'm calling on you to uphold your duty to protect the people of New York with a halt on prosecuting broken windows, offenses, and quality of life crimes. I know your office has the power to act on behalf of the people of this state, and we ask you to use your discretion in service of our collective interests for a strong, diverse, and welcoming New York. Yes. So you can check this out. I will also share this on the Facebook page right now. Thank you. So it's on my personal page and also on the weekly review page. And then there's something else. It's really terrible. I mean, there's like... There's a lot of bad things that are happening. <laughs> yeah. There's good people out there. There's good people out there, and we're being aware of what's mm-hmm. problematic. So talk it's about also, it. Yeah, we have to talk about it and be made aware of things that are happening. And also, oh, so there's a, the whole Pepsi boycott. We can talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's 220 cities that are losing all passenger train service per 45. Wow. Holy cow. 220 holies. fucking cities in the United States that Holy are losing. Holy shit. Yeah. So this was on... Um, NYC or or NYChicagoORR.org Elimination of all federal funding for Amtrak's national network trains stations used by 144.6 million Americans will close and this came out on March 16th so this was a few weeks ago ago. yeah and this is from the National Association of Railroad Passengers 
bad news. I'm going to share this story as well on that page, on Why? the Weekly Review page, so you can all, can all read the, the horrible details of this nonsense. Yes. I mean, how many people, there's going to be like no one left for them to, like, What's harm. Yeah. Just, everyone's going to be fucked over by this administration. Yeah. Before, in previous administrations, they're fucking over a lot of people, and now it's like, 99 percent everyone yeah oh spock would be very upset totally i think about that and i think about the friends i've had who have passed and i like miss them and i'm really sad and angry that they're gone and then i'm also like they don't have to live through this fucking shit so i guess we'll deal with it well i mean like i feel happy for their spirits for not having to i mean i don't maybe that's a weird thing it's just it's coming to me where i'm like this would really upset these people if they were here to experience this oh absolutely no exactly i'm like Whew, so many people they, they don't deserve to deal with this I mean I don't think any of us yeah. good people deserve to deal with this yeah. but maybe we're Ooh. we gotta fight it we gotta yeah. fight it fuck yeah so they say uh, uh, at a minimum there's some other stuff there's like daily service and uh, the, the, the article has a lot more information and they say at a minimum the proposed White House elimination of long distance routes would result in the following 220 towns Ugh. and cities losing all Amtrak service God damn. so yeah there's a lot here there's some big cities as well including mm. Denver wow not that it should just be about the big cities I recognize that's problematic yeah but one can totally. see actually and one can see how big this is when it's the, the big cities too are, that are also affected dallas texas so cities with money are being affected by this well it's kind of a good thing you know san antonio well i mean it's a horrible thing but if these big cities cities are being affected they're going to do something about it there's going to be protests yeah it's gonna be a lot of angry people yeah something needs to happen (laughs) i mean the thing is also that this is going to affect people who take amtrak so then it's also like a classist thing though because i think folks with a lot of money will be like oh i can't take the train but i can fly yeah so it's really affecting folks who are train might be their only option that's so true true oh god damn it yeah i know right oh i keep thinking it can't get worse it always gets worse (laughs) it could always be worse in in ways that we haven't even considered yet yeah yeah i didn't even think of that i think uh, our friends are here oh yay Yay. welcome great success great well i'm gonna put on some more music and we will welcome them and be back in a little bit so here's a john prine with your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore yes Well digesting Reader's Digest In the back of a dirty bookstore A plastic flag with gum on the back Fell out on the floor Well I picked it up and I ran outside Slapped it on my window shield And if I could see old Betsy Ross I'd tell her how good I feel But your flag cow won't get you into heaven anymore They're already overcrowded From your dirty little war Now Jesus don't like killing No matter what the reason's for And your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore Well, I went to the bank this morning Join the Christmas club We'll give you ten of them flags for free Well I didn't mess around a bit I took him up on what he said And I stuck them stickers all over my car And one on my wife's forehead But your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore They're already overcrowded From your dirty Don't like kill- 
couldn't see So I ran the car upside a curb Right into a tree By the time they got a doctor down I was already dead And I'll never understand Why the man standing in the pearly gate said But your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore We're already overcrowded From your dirty little war Now Jesus don't like killing No matter what the reason's for And your flag cow won't get you Into heaven anymore Welcome back uh, to the Weekly Review. And we are joined here by Greta, and Nina will be joining us shortly. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Trans Lifeline. It's an awesome, for folks who are unaware, Trans Lifeline is an awesome organization uh, run by trans folks for trans folks. Yeah. And if you'd like to say more about that, please do. Sure. I mean, we're a crisis hotline uh, that's staffed entirely by trans people for trans people. Um we didn't really think that this would be end up being our. Oh, sorry, that was exciting. I don't think we really thought that this would be our um, where our lives went, but the idea really caught fire with the community, and it, you know, it clearly was needed. I think before we started, there was um, people didn't want to work on mental health when with regards to trans issues because of the kind of stereotype. Of, of trans people are crazy. Um, but the truth is, when everybody treats you like crap, you do need some mental health support. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, I'm really excited. I, I feel like in some ways, the trans community is a little bit further ahead than the rest of the world as far as recognizing the need for mental support for mental health. Yep. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that's not something this country does particularly well <laughs> anyhow. So. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> this country tends to make things worse, actually. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot so. of ways. Um, hey, Dina. Yeah. Thanks hey. for joining us. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so we've got a lot of interesting things happening this year. One of the things that we're working on was we're trying to do a mental health survey because we hear lots of stories of difficulties that trans folks are having uh, accessing mental health care, that they're actually the people that are supposed to be taking care of them are actually, you know, victimizing them. Yep. So, and, you know, yeah. if, if you're in the Bay Area, you have, like, you know, 50 trans competent therapist you can go to but if you're in North Carolina you, there might not be any yep uh, so um, we want to get this we're working with um, the National LGBTQ Task, Task Force, Force to yeah. get that done yes but we want to get as much information about kind of the abuses that trans people are suffering in <sighs> psychiatric hospitals and in therapeutic settings mm -hmm. so that we can then point at the study and do some direct action to try to make something happen on that because it's it's not acceptable for trans folks to like go into these psychiatric hospitals because they're having a, a, a crisis mm -hmm. and then get stuck in there because the person who's running the hospital has like a 1970s Mentality. view of <laughs> yes. trans issues. So, yes. Um, you know. Also, the other thing is the CDC kind of keeps data on mental health and, you know, deaths by suicide and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But because the census 
won't count trans people. No. The CDC won't count trans people in their data. Yeah. And so in some ways, this is an attempt to find data about our community that we can legitimately compare with what the CDC has for right. everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> and I think, it, I mean, I think it's really important to understand that. So to get added to the census, Congress has to approve any changes to the census. So the exclusion of trans people from the census is a very concrete way in which our, our government under <laughs> pretty much any administration is actually oppress actively oppressing us. If we can't count you know, our dead, if we can't count our wounded, <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. it's the same thing they did in Iraq, actually. You know, yep. We won't let there be a count of the bodies so that we don't have to address you know, the, our indiscriminate bombing. The same thing is happening here at home. Mm -hmm. yep. They don't want us to count how many people this, these things are happening to because that would uh, give us some power to talk about what's happening to yes. them. Yes. And yeah. also, I feel like they're taking a step back now because I feel like last year we were talking about how are we going to get trans people counted in the census? What can we do to actually, you know, try to make that happen? And now they don't want to uh, count cis queer people either. Yes, yeah. So I feel like we're taking a big step back there. And I'm really like, you know, when it's so barefaced as that, when it's as blatant as that, I really think that that frees us up to take some really drastic action. Like, yes. This oh, is, yeah. It's be bold. It's time to be bold. Like they're they're not hiding it anymore. Right. It's um, it's yeah. part of their agenda that we should. I guess what was it in the eighties? They said that the uh, in the eighties when they put the federal exclusion on the on trans coverage, they were kind of said something about they wanted to morally. Uh, eliminate transness. Ew. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to take another shower right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think they're taking the same. Um, I think they're taking the same tack. And all I have to say is, if you want to morally eliminate me, you be better be ready for some resistance. Well, yeah, but the, exactly. the, the poll recently said there's like at least 1.4 million trans adults in the United States, yeah. and I still think that's yeah. low. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So because societies without stigma, right? Like, uh, I, I can I can't pronounce the society in Mexico that has a third gender, the uh, kind of a female tra presenting trans woman third gender, and they they were like five percent of their population before they had any Western influence. Yeah. So you know, if people are free to express their gender, I, I think trans people could be ten percent of the population. I think oh, that's easily. Not yeah. not Definitely. a difficult thing to get to. So yeah. not at all. Also, the UK has been like, because they have socialized healthcare and they're measuring how many people are coming into gender clinics. Mm -hmm. And their trans population is, I think, doubling every five years. Or yeah. Wow, I love that. that. Soon awesome. we'll take over. <laughs> yes. Soon it'll be 100%. <laughs> so that's good, good news, folks. The, the dating pool is increasing by 20% a year. So <laughs> <laughs> We're out here. Some of us need that room to maneuver. Oh. Oh. I've thought about that too. Just the um, this idea that like if everyone's really trans, then people should transition at least once right. in their right. lives. <laughs> some people, some people just didn't get the memo. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really do feel like if people were able to, if there wasn't all the policing of gender, I feel like we would all figure out who we are, and we would be some, you know we would be unique like we are. Like, yeah. we would be an individual mm. like we are. And, yeah. Instead uh, of know. all these little labels, you're like, I don't know yeah, what yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Today I'm a man. <laughs> right, right. So, I don't know. I, I do... I think there's, like, 
people grow and change over the course of their lives. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that people's gender expression changes over the course of their life. I think that the truth is that people's sexualities shift as their understanding of themselves shift. Yes. And I, I don't think we want to talk about all that, but we should be free to explore ourselves. And, and I think people's uh, sense of their own sexuality changes when their own sense of gender changes, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. It's yeah, true. Yeah. Very true. Found that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, got to go with this. If this is what I'm attracted to, you know, this is... I mean, that's the, to me, that's the, mo- the magical thing about transition. Yeah. It's like you're... At the time point that I'm transitioning, I'm ca- crossing so many taboos that I don't really feel like taboo is the thing that I have to worry about anymore. Yeah. It's like, so it, it really does... It opens up a lot. Opens <laughs> you up to some self-acceptance. And when you're I'm, really marginalized, you can't be marginalized further. It's like, what <laughs> yes, else? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's for the economy. What else are you going to yeah. do? Like, yes. Really? So, yeah. Um, also, yeah, and also, like, just uh, questioning. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing, too, where it's like, oh, if I was told I was this way and I'm not this way, then what else have you told me that's incorrect? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's, like, everything. everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is wrong, this is wrong. And, like, you're not ne- people aren't necessarily an authority on, right. on who we are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's actually an experience that I've had since I transitioned of, of being able to question things I didn't used to question. Yeah. And it turns out that, like, I'm old enough to have seen pretty much every uh, truth that I was presented in, in my education. Like, mm-hmm. this is the truth. You know, humans and animals are not the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now all the science is saying that animals are just smaller versions of ourselves with the mm-hmm. same oh, yeah. emotional equipment. And it's just everything that they assured me was true turned out to be complete bullshit. And it's because of the interests of, you know, making money. Yeah. Be the, the white man's of, agenda. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it's an agenda. It's not my agenda, but, it, you know, yeah. education should be a little bit more about truth. And it, anyway, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's all about, it should, it should be all about truth. And then there's a lot of misinformation. And then also about trans folks being erased from history. Oh, then, yeah. As you were mentioning earlier about yeah. other cultures. And then colonialists came, came in with like right. Native yeah. American right. cultures and, had at least five genders. And, and Nina's and, from a culture that, yeah, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. And I'm from a culture that was really sexually progressive and liberated until colonizers came over yeah. and suddenly everyone is super repressed and, yeah. and we're talking about F-Sisted's only success. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that is really striking, the... the the country that gave us the Kama Sutra is, right. is as so sexually repressed. repressed as it is. You were telling me mm. about some temple used to go to that where the pillars had all these. Yeah, yeah, there was this mm. temple that my parents took me to. Interestingly, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that my parents took me there. <laughs> but but it basically had like these pillars and little carvings of people in different sexual poses and like different positions yeah. and like you could tell that each one was individually carved because all of them were different. Uh-huh. Stuff like that. And it's just so stark to see that part of Indian culture and then to compare it with kind of the, uh, I guess, Puritanism. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think we would know a lot more about ourselves if, you know, sexuality became part of our spirituality. Like, you know, all of us, like the the idea of that everything that you experience is part of. Mm-hmm. What it means to be alive, as opposed to just the parts that are deemed okay. Or yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, very true. Oh, man. It's huh. interesting. It's not progress, really. Well, you know, you think we have progress and it goes higher, but that we've been 
doing this wave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Well, I know why. Why it stops? Someone wants it to stop. Well, but, and, yeah. and it's what do we define as progress? Is it mm. building more suburbs? Ugh, uh, I know. Yeah, 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 right? yeah progress that is new, defined that differently. Yeah. Progress, but yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's something. I think they, that there's a good argument to be made for just assuming that anything that's happening has happened before. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, history. As opposed to like, this is a new phenomenon. It seems yeah. like that's... This has uh, happened before. <laughs> this has happened before many times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we need so. to revise our history books, essentially. Yeah, I mean, trans people have been around forever. Yeah. And this mention of trans people in ancient texts and yeah. in, in the Bible even, right? Right. And I'm, no. I'm really in favor of trans people... You know, trying to take back the the place in society of people that have um, insight into the human condition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Trans people's views used to be valued, and yeah. I think that that you know, I think that trans people do have insight into the human condition that most people don't. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. They're like the most empathetic people I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are awesome. Why are more people like you? Oh, I know why. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think part of it just comes from the resistance and the questioning, and going through it, and then also providing other alternatives. Well, and the the I, I actually think gender's so fraught because the penalties for being gay, quote unquote gay, are so mm-hmm. steep in our society, mm-hmm. and we pretend like they're not. Yeah, but yeah. they're very steep. Like there's it's scary. It's <laughs> scary. I, I and I really think that one of the things that we need to focus on. As a community, is um, not trying to necessarily, you know, this assimilate assimilation will kill us, mm-hmm. um, and we'll basically end up just furthering someone else's agenda. Yes. Like yeah. assimilation, assimilation is about furthering somebody else's agenda yeah. and somebody else's definition of respectability. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't want to assimilate. Yeah, <laughs> I want to stay in my trans community. Assimilation is fundamentally about considering white middle classes people to be the default, the norm. And, yeah. oh. and everybody else has to somehow That's not aspire to that, fit and, into that somehow. Yeah. Like, nope, not happening. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the interesting ideas going forward are like divesting from mm-hmm. from basically from cis heteronormative society and trying to figure out how do we build our own institutions, our own um, businesses, our own prosperity. How do do we take the decision for who gets a job away from people that don't believe in our humanity and and take that into each other? Like One of the things I'm really proud of for Trans Lifeline is that we hired a bunch of trans people. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, like, we have, we have yeah. 10 trans people who have jobs. Yes. Oh, that's and wonderful. And we, and we don't others. have a single cis person who has a job. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. We just, we just added, we're able to add health insurance because, <gasps> oh, yes. um, because right. of the election, cis people feeling bad for trans people, lots of money poured in, and we're yeah. giving it to trans people. Great. So, Thank which you. Is, <laughs> I, you know, that's the part of my job I get really excited about is taking <laughs> money that's coming from the larger society and giving it to trans people. And, yeah. you know, when you see trans people, when you give them jobs, when you give them some, you know, housing stability, mm-hmm. yeah. when you give them mental health care, yeah. suddenly they're doing fine. Yes. Yep. Right? Yep. I think trans people are some of the most resilient people because to Hell even yeah. get <laughs> here, like I had to endure, you know, 40 so years much. of misgendering. <laughs> yes. Right. So, yeah. um, 
And queer bashing. And queer bashing, oh, yeah. yeah. I've got the warriors. dentistry to prove that. Oh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I grew up actually in the Central Valley of California. I grew up oh, in Modesto. No. Oh, God, yeah. In a Mormon family, so I... <gasps> no, I'm sorry. been through the rigor. I'm <laughs> so <Taurus>. sorry. <laughs> Uh, it made me who I am. So. Yeah, yeah. No, you've learned a lot. Like <laughs> the hard way. All of it the hard way, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. get it. I grew up Pentecostal Christian. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, so you guys, as, as I'm me. the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> and as Major would say, I'm still fucking here. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. It is something to look back and to see what one has been through. And as right. you are mentioning before, with the like, lack of stability with like housing and mental health care or adequate mental health care and other medical right. care and I mean, it jobs. turns out people need food and shelter to live. Yeah, yeah basically. Surprisingly. Yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, that's tied to a job in our society. If you don't have a job in our society, you're considered less than a full member of our society, and mm-hmm. we treat you as, you know, someone who's a drain on society or whatever. And that's a, a whole, you know, whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, the the easiest thing for us right now is to try to make sure that trans people have jobs so that we can kind of just, mm. you know, continue to exist. So. Yeah. You'll help a lot of other people doing so. Right. <laughs> just right. by existing. Right. So, you know, and I'd want to see what else we can do as a community. Mm-hmm. Like, what else can we do? Yeah. We did this. What else can we do? What else do we need to do? Where do we go from here? So. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> to see. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I'll be yeah. around. We, one of the things that we're. Um, we're not ready to do this yet, but we get so many international calls. Mm. And so seeing if there's international money to pay for that part of the programming and seeing if that's a way to to get more resources to people. Mm. And we'll have to have a bunch of toll-free numbers, one for each country we (laughs) Yeah. How long do you think until you get to that point? I mean, we're... We didn't think we would be here. Yeah, it's even yeah, in awesome. October. We didn't think that we would have this many staff, but we raised oh. so much money since the election yeah. that we've been able to bring on people and increase our staffing and increase our availability for our callers. So yeah. we're just taking we're we, a, just, we just hired people who are going to be exclusively taking calls at night. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so yeah. we had this pre- kind of- because all this while we have been up whenever we had volunteers willing to be up mm-hmm. and now we have paid staff who will be answering calls at night so that we can cover the gap at night. Yeah, yeah. that's probably when it's most needed to in the yeah, middle of the night when you're alone. Yeah. It's yeah. just hard to ask somebody to uh, work. stay up all night taking crisis calls and then like, yeah, just do that as a volunteer thing and then you go to your day job sure. and whatever, right? It's not. It's not kind of a lot to ask for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and you're still open for, vol- for people to volunteer in addition? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, we've we've been lucky. We've had an embarrassment of riches when it comes to volunteers. Mm-hmm. Since we've started this, we've had like a backlog of a thousand people waiting to be trained. Okay, from the beginning, pretty much. Wow. Like so three months awesome. in. So yes. the trans community is really stepping up, and yeah. this is really something. Yeah. You know, we organized this, but this is something the community decided to do for itself. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's been the support of the community and people putting aside their differences and just mm-hmm. saying, There's a this need. is this is too important for us to do the usual trans community thing and destroy it. Yeah. So, sorry, thought I just ripped the bandaid off. <laughs> no, it's true though. Yeah. I think like, there's like there's so much like hurt and internalized transphobia that mm-hmm. yeah. one in a lot of marginalized communities where one experiences abuse and then we take it out on each other. Oh yeah, uh, unresolved trauma leads to black and white thinking, which to me explains the trans community in a nutshell. Is that 
we're all put through so much trauma that we don't really have the resources to resolve ourselves. And it's, um, you know, you can't expect people to get over just to just get over that. Right. Yeah. Right. So we are the way we are because of the way that we're treated in society. Yep. It's not that there's something wrong with the trans community. It's yep. there's something wrong with everyone else. Yep. And we're all under a lot of pressure and trying to, to cope the best we yeah. can. And so when, you know, I see two trans people online like tearing into each other, try to remember those are just, they're just regular people like the rest of us. And, you know, you might be having a bad day or whatever. It's, it's, but it's something... Mm-hmm. It's the trauma-informed idea, like, instead of asking what's wrong with that person, what happened to that person? Yes. Why did that happen? And how can we as a community support that person and and try to help them? Because the the truth is the most marginalized people in our communities are are not the people that are most visible. You know, like, it's the homeless trans folks. It's the trans folks who are dealing with, you know, we have a high incidence of lots of trans people are autistic mm-hmm. and um, that makes it even more difficult socially oh, gosh, yeah. and those folks are are homeless at really high rates mm-hmm. and those folks are um, you know the very nature of autism makes uh, social interaction difficult, difficult for yeah. those folks I'm, I think I'm probably on the spectrum somewhere I have an autistic child mm-hmm. but um, you know we need to make sure as a community that it's not just the cute popular people that we're taking care of but mm-hmm. also the people that can be difficult are the people who have, you know, uh, you know, trauma beyond what we, you know, what your average person can understand. Or, yeah, you know, I, I really, I can't remember what I read. I'd have to find this piece so we can talk about it next time we talk. But <laughs> there's a piece somebody wrote. It was basically like, if you're not supporting these trans people that you have a difficult time relating to or that you find difficult, then you're not really doing the work that yes. you need to do as part of the community. Yes. Yep. We need to bring those people in. We need to stay close to those people. We need yeah. to figure out how, how we do we can't support just, them. We do, can't just keep taking care of people who are easy to take care of. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sets being oh, amazing. <laughs> that's so important. Oh. oh, man. It's awesome what you guys are doing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's saving Thanks. lives. It's, it really like, is. It, it feels Dude. really good to be doing it. It's, you know, sometimes it's really difficult. Sometimes it's really awesome. You know, it, it's, it goes back and forth. You know, sometimes we're, you know, hanging out with celebrities. And then other times we're... You know, supporting somebody who just made a suicide attempt on the yeah. hotline, and it's, yeah. it's um, you know, hanging out with celebrities is kind of weird and not something I ever expected to do. Yeah. But it helps us get the money we need to do. Right? Yeah. This work, right? <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Right. Like, we've had, there have been cis, like, celebrities stepping up to um, help spread the word. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Cameron. Cameron Esposito. Oh, yes, yeah. Cameron so Esposito. Oh, yes. And she yes. got, like, Katy Perry tweeting about it and got all these Beautiful. other, you know, A-listers, Hollywood types, and it, it brought in a lot of money, and that's why we're able to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> so good. Well, unfortunately, we're running a little bit low on time. We'd love to have you back in um, sure. to talk more. There's so much more to, 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 to get to. So yeah, y'all are great. Yeah, <laughs> so, so much uh, for having us. Oh, of course. Is there any um, more information you'd like to share before we uh, wrap up? Hotline number, Nina. Yes, oh, it's eight seven seven five six five eight eight six zero in the U.S. and. I sadly do not remember the translifeline.org for the Canadian number. <laughs> oh, right on. Translifeline.org, all our information is on there. Yes. 
Great. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, we'd definitely like to have you back on so sure. we can we can talk further. There's just so much more to also get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. Well, I'm really excited to be back in California. I'm super excited to go back to Transmart, be able to go to Transmart in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. It's summer. great. It's going to be super exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of us feel like it's the one part of Pride that we can actively uh, endorse. Right, right. right. <laughs> and participate in. It's so amazing in the park when it's just full of oh. uh, cute trans people like going yeah. to the sun. Yeah. It's so reassuring and validating just yes. to, to walk around and to not feel so isolated as yeah. one yeah. does in the rest of the world, even in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for, for coming in. Yeah. Thank and, you. Yeah. Great. So thank you everyone for listening and the podcast will be up in a few hours. Stay tuned because coming up at 2 p.m. is Global Val with Women's Magazine. Thanks again, everyone, for being here. Have an awesome week. Resist the fucking fascist asshole and his whole regime and do what you can to be kind to yourself and each other. Here's some Joni Mitchell because Joni Mitchell is, you know, makes things feel a little bit better and perhaps more more lighthearted. And this is another anti-war song. As to continue on with our theme of the day. Yes. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Take care of each other. <laughs> As a Canadian living in this country, and uh, it's called the fiddle and the drum. And so once again, my dear Johnny, my dear friend, And so once again, you are fighting us all. And when I ask you why, you raise your sticks and cry, and I follow my friend. How did you come to trade the fiddle for the drum? You say I have turned like the enemies you've earned but I can remember all the good things you are and so I ask you please can I help you find the peace and the star oh my friend what time is this to trade the handshake for the fist and so once again again you are fighting us all and when we ask you why you raise your sticks and cry and we follow my friend how did you come to trade the fiddle for the drum you say we have turned like the enemies you burned but we things you are and so we ask you please can we help you find the peace and the star oh my friend we have all come to fear the beating of your